Today's show is brought to you in part by Team Drew of Keller Williams Realty and diverse realty experts worldwide. Serious about buying or selling real estate? Contact America's favorite veteran-owned real estate team today at homesbyteamdrew.com and see what Team Drew can do for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest on Mike Drew Show, episode four, is a father, an Army veteran, a West Point graduate, and tax professional, and an entrepreneur. It gives me great pleasure to introduce my good friend, Mr. Jesse Lipscomb. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. So, hey, I, I know it's it's we're still in tax season. I know you guys got a lot going on, so I just want to let you know we really appreciate you. I really appreciate you coming out and taking some time to chat with us and, and so that our listeners can get to know you. And, uh, and if they do have any questions dealing with taxes or, or anything like that in the future, they, they can, they can reach out to you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. All right. So I know you got, uh, this is nothing new to you. You were on 760, correct? Radio before, you know, back in 2010, let's see, 2009, 10 and 11. Uh, I used to say all the time, Hey, you know, I got a face for radio (laughs) and, you know, it was great yeah. uh, as a, as a small business owner. My, and I would teach this, like I used to be the president of Latip of East County. Right. And, and okay. so the Latip BNI, those are dedicated networking groups. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, real estate agent, investment advisors, insurance agents, you get together and you, you swap business. Right. Yes. Yeah. And one of the, the, the things I would talk about every single week is that as a small business owner, you need to uh, prospect and market and partner for success. Yes. Right. That's, that's business. <laughs> and, and, and what I realized is that professionally in sales, we, we teach our sales teams the opposite of what's right. And what I mean, you know, when, when you were a brand new agent, you were said, yep. Oh, get out there and prospect. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. You're, that's what you're told. And, and, and in the old ways, in the old days, it was, you know, uh, picking up the phone, smiling and dialing, whatever that, prospecting is the second step, not the first step. The first step is marketing. And, yeah. and, and what I mean by that is it, it's a, um, it's kind of like a push pull. What's better. Do you want to interrupt somebody's day that doesn't know you like you care about you? Or do you want to, uh, cast a net in which they're able to, to reach out to you? They're able to know you and, and like you and, and make decision whether they want to do business with you ever before they talk to you. And, and to me, that's the power of this podcast. It's the power yes. of, of media, you know, TV, radio, whatever. If, if you can uh, build a platform to connect with folks, that is the, the first and most important step in business. Definitely. Definitely. I, I can, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, that is really, it is a push and pull with yeah. that. So just hey, just for our listeners out there, give us a, a little bit of just a little bit of where you're from, uh, where you grew up. Are you from San Diego originally? No, no, I'm, I'm one of those uh, immigrants from Wisconsin. All right, all right. Are you a Packers fan? <laughs> Who isn't? Oh, me? I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just watching something on YouTube about the 85 Bears. Oh, yeah. Hey, we, we're the only team to do a record. To actually do have an album like for the Super Bowl. So do you remember that the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) That was awesome. You know, I I mean, honestly, full disclosure. Growing up, you know, the the Niners were the team, right? Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. Um, But even more than that, okay, I love football. Football is great, but I love it on the lower level, like college, 
high school, even youth. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the, the USA football, I don't know if they still even have this, but it used to be called, when you were 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, it was uh-huh. called midget football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I remember that. Right. Because we had that here in, in California, too, I, in L.A. I, I was the, the head coach and or assistant head coach, depending on the, the, the year, but for like three or four seasons uh, down in in uh, uh, East County, San Diego, the, uh-huh. the uh, Steel Canyon Cougar Midget Football. <laughs> and it was – I had never, ever thought about coaching. Never did. Like, it was it was never on the radar, you know. Uh, so how did that how did that come – I mean, was it right. just you're watching a game one day and you're like, you know what, I need to do this? Or how, how did that come about? So there's a couple of stories in one here. Uh-huh. All right. So le- leaving – or excuse me, when, when, when you're at West Point, yeah. if, you know, based on your rank, your class rank, you can uh, choose your branch, which in, in the army, it's, you know, infantry, armor, artillery, right? Uh-huh. And then you can uh, uh, pick your, your duty station. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I'm, I'm proud to say I was, I was neither too high nor too low. I was just right <laughs> uh, to, to be able to choose, you know, uh, armor as my branch. And then, uh, uh, Fort Irwin, which is the National Training Center. Which is here in San Diego. Well, it's north or, of Barstow. Or, or, or in the middle of nowhere. Okay. 40, I mean, it's, the, it, <laughs> it's a great place to learn as a young lieutenant. Yeah, okay. Um, not a great place to get out and meet people. <laughs> I, for the so, folks in Barstow, I love yeah. you. I'm just telling you, you're there's you're, not much out there. Though. Not much out there. So, hey, so hey, now I, I wanted to I wanted to ask. Hold on, hold on. Before we go too far, in, yeah. in, too deep down the rabbit hole. No, I, I wanted to just throw out. Okay, so you got to you got to kind of take us through this. Okay, yep. so you're you're born in Wisconsin, right? What what area of Wisconsin again? Uh, Wausau, Wisconsin. Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, you write it out. It's got USA okay. in the middle. Okay, you know, my hometown. <laughs> okay, it's Wausau. So you, you, you grew up out there. How many brothers and sisters? Uh, any, two brothers. Two oldest, brothers? oldest boy, three brothers. Or, okay. No, excuse me. Three. My mother had three sons. I'm okay. the oldest brother. Okay. Two okay. brothers, right? Um, and <clears throat> so what was that? How old are you now? 44. 44. Okay. I'm 40. I'll be 47 this year. So we're, we're really close in age oh, on yeah. that. So, so what was that like growing up out there? And how long were you out there before you? Well, so, you know, we're both solid Gen X. Yes, right? we are. The, that's the best. That's the best generation. That's what I ever. believe. I really believe I, it. I, I believe that. We're the last generation <laughs> that played outside. Yeah, it, we were. Right. Like really like before video games really became yeah, a, a staple. I, I mean, we had we an Atari were. and then a Nintendo, but, but yeah. you played outside. You you we, went outside every day. It was just that, that, that's was, what you that did. was just life, you yes. know. And so growing up there, my, my mom and my dad were kind of... Uh, Interesting. I mean, obviously your, your parents kind of shape your life, right? Yes. So, uh, we, we had bounced between Wisconsin and Texas, uh, early on when they were trying to work things out. Okay. Uh, ultimately, uh, we're in Wisconsin when, when my dad, for whatever reason, thought it was a good idea uh-huh. that, that it was, a, a you know, acceptable to leave his wife and three children and just, just bounce. Whoosh. Yeah. Just, and, and, and that's one thing later on will will become a, an interesting theme in my life okay. because it was i understand the relationship between guys and gals sometimes things just don't work out but but yeah. i don't understand i just just don't understand how anybody would just leave their kids yeah it just doesn't that relationship to me has been so 
wonderful raising my son. That, like, that, why would you leave that? Like, yeah. Like that's the best that's hard to wrap your mind around. Like, yeah, that's really, you know, I remember, uh, and, and I'm bouncing around a little bit, but it all kind of ties together. Okay. I, I remember in 1993, uh, interviewing with the staff of <laughs> then Senator Russ Feingold. It was on a Saturday, uh-huh. right. For the nomination of the Academy. Yes. Coming home in that Monday or Tuesday, actually getting the acceptance certificate from West Point, right? Which was that was that's pretty fast too. Well, wow! But, like, but they're different deals. You got to oh. get a nomination and you've got to get accepted. Okay. Normally, you get nominated, then you get accepted. All right. In in 1992, 1993, West Point had something called literally, I think it was called the early bird. Like basically, you committed to them if they accept accepted you. Yeah. You'd go. Okay. And, you know, obviously you still had to get a nomination. And, and I did that. And I, you have the interview. Immediately you get accepted. And a few weeks later you get the nomination. Yeah. And it changes your life, right? And you're yeah. excited. But you, you, you just, you're like, oh, wow, this is all coming together. Fast forward 25 years later, when, when my boy got the uh, acceptance letter to West Point's prep school. Uh-huh. I was like, what is that movie? The hockey movie uh, uh, about the 1980 hockey team? Not the duck. Was it? No, uh, it's uh, USA Hockey. It, it's um, God. Somebody you, help me here. It's, you, you got it, me. You got me on that one. And anyway, <laughs> it, it, miracle. Miracle. Right. Okay. And and we're the the thanks, uh, Dave. Yeah, we're we're the head coach. He. He had just missed out going to the Olympics when he was a player. Uh-huh. And then he, he comes back and he puts this Herb, you know, Herb puts this uh, <laughs> system in and he gets them and, and they win the Olympics. And afterwards, you know, he just, he walks into the, the hallway and he just says, yes. You know, I, I, like he was more proud of, of that accomplishment of them than he, than he had been for himself. For himself. Yeah. And, and that was the same thing when, you know, uh, g- getting my boy into West Point was like, because I knew how hard it was, yeah. and I knew how hard he had worked since he was six. Yeah. Right. And so, kind of, we're bouncing around with a couple of deals. Yeah. So here, tying tying everything together. Okay. Right. So growing up in Wisconsin, uh, I I had just the best loving mother. But, God bless my grandma. We were homeless if it wasn't for her, because yeah. when when, uh, when my dad neglected his responsibilities. <laughs> like mom went from being a home worker, a homemaker to working at Taco Bell, you, yeah. you know? And so the only thing I, I, I know of for sure growing up for sure, for sure is that if I outworked my peers, if I, if I, if I just pushed myself as hard as I could, I knew I'd be successful. Right. And, okay. and so, you know, whether it was, you know, football, wrestling, studies, it, it didn't, didn't matter. That was one thing that, that defined my, my youth. It was just being, um, hum, humble and hungry, yeah. right? Being oh, poor yeah. and tenacious, call oh, yeah. it what you will. Right. Well, it, it's, it's that resilience that you, you build early, right? early on. So, so that's, that's a, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge in life. And so then you forward on and you know, you, you, how do you graduate West Point? That's pretty awesome. Your career starting now in in those 
four, five, six years, I, I ended up uh, I ended up getting a pretty bad car accident, and it it compressed a, a nerve in my neck. I actually lost oh, the feeling in my fingers. So it's still, if you you know, wow. don't do this. You stick me with a knife; it's gonna hurt. Don't do that. But <laughs> don't invite me to help you move your furniture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I can't. I I've I've lost half the feeling in both my hands, and um. And back then, the, 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 the compression of the nerve was to an extent where I was, I, I was basically combat ineffective. And, uh-huh. I, and, I, and so the Army just let me go. I, I couldn't have gotten out if I wanted to. And, wow. and so now I'm 23 years old, and I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Like, oh, yeah, and then there's this other part. And this uh-huh. is what the, the kind of the crazy tie-in it was. Okay. So my role in the Army back in 1999, 2000 was, I was op four at our national training center. And what that is, okay. is when, when we train our soldiers to, to, to go to the desert, right? Mm-hmm. You have the, the actual units that come through, but you have to have a permanent party to, to basically uh, train against them. Yeah, you had to right. have a staff that's there, and right. and, and and basically you 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 play the bad guys pretty for much. Them. Yeah, and, and op four. It, <laughs> Which, it, it was phenomenal. You know, as an armored fun. guy, you that's need to, to shoot, move, and communicate. Uh-huh. Right. Well, you got a gunner, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, you either communicate effectively or don't have to have to worry about that. But maneuver, maneuver as an yeah. armored guy, and you're yeah. at the national training center. Oh my God, that was, that was the best possible scenario for, for my career as a soldier. Um, it it didn't kind of go anywhere near the way I thought it would, but did that, did that accident happen? Uh, well, you were already in, in, in the army. You were already at West Point. You got this bad car accident. 98 on a, uh, on army Navy weekend actually i was going to wow you are going, going to the army navy game? going to the game and i, I got a, just a horrible wreck i think it's the state route 60 in west virginia i don't know it, it's wow be wow. careful if you drive that road yeah it, it's <laughs> i'm assuming it's probably a two-lane highway huh yeah all for and, a long and, and stretch it, uh, yeah yeah it just, just hey all right so so you 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 made it through that huh? yeah it, and that that part at at why West Point? What, what, how did that come about? Is, um, that's, that's really, I don't know. I, I know you it, were growing up in, in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. And your, your dad, what, what age did your dad leave? Do you remember uh, about 10 or 11? About 10 or 11. But, but, so, but Mike, I always, I always wanted to be a soldier. You always, okay. Always. So were you, you were fascinated from a young age with, with, like, did you watch the Dirty Dozen like I did growing up oh, with Telly, Telly Savalas? Who doesn't? And, and, and different things like that. I, I used to, do stuff like that too. Like I used to make my fake parachutes and, nice. and jump off, jump out of trees. <laughs> you know, friends. I just, I don't know. It's so, just, it's part of your DNA. It, I think it is to a certain degree in our era. I'll say in our era, because we, we had so many, we, we were still fresh out of Vietnam and, and the Korean war and different things like that. And I, we, I think that was people, people in. get in the military for a lot of different reasons, uh-huh. but there are still people it's just who they are. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example. So by the time my boy, who was born in 01, but by the time he was six years old, uh-huh. now I, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that, that thumps the West Point thing all the time. But hey, that's my background. Yeah, right? yeah you do because you're sitting across it, from a Navy guy. You, well, you, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, to that to that extent here in Oceanside, California, yeah. yes. But, but 
I, I guess my point is he's six years old and he says to me, daddy, I want to go to West Point. And I'm like, at six years old, I'm like, dude, you're six years old. What do you, <laughs> how do you even know of this place? Do I talk about it that much? Like, like, and, and I said, wow, son, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Listen, here's what we're going to do. When I was in high school, uh-huh. freshman year, a uh, gentleman named Dan Hine became the head coach of Wassa West High School, Wassa, Wisconsin. Okay. He committed to all of us. He said, listen, if you commit to the program, I guarantee I'll make every one of you a champion. And we did. And I'm proud to say I, I was his first champion. I, I was the first. Uh, in, in Wisconsin, you've got, uh, you've got regional sectional state, uh-huh. right? I, I ended up uh, winning regionals as a sophomore. And that was actually one of the, like, in, in high school, sophomore year, junior year, those yep. are the two years I think are, are most important to getting into college. Oh yeah. Right. Cause definitely senior year, it's senior year, but you know, sophomore year, I, I, I won regionals. I, I led the team and wins pins, near falls, reversals, whatever. And all of those accomplishments, the grades, whatever is, is what all colleges are looking for, right? They're yeah. looking for people that, that can do well academically and athletically, but it was, it was sp- it, specifically what I think got me into the academy. Yeah, they, they really want that balance. They want to balance, yeah. even kill, as we say, in the Navy person. Yeah. That, that's, you know, not too academic. Or, or, I mean, if you are more academic but still a great athlete, then they, they really like that. It, but yeah. it, that's kind of – they look for that balance. They want to And that's a, what you want in your leaders. Yes. Right? You, you want that balance. Uh, so so, so I, I, I kind of uh, bring that, you know, what is that called? It's not foreshadowing. It's the opposite. You know, we're, we're – were uh, the the here and there of life, but to so my son's six years old. He says, "Daddy, I want to go to West Point." I'm like, "Really? All right, listen. If you commit, if you commit to this, I'll commit <laughs> to you. And I promise you, if you commit to the program, I'll get you in." And right. boy, hey, you know, did, did he? And he and he was serious about it. He he obviously committed. He was dead serious. And and I wow. tell you what, that young man. When you ask why, why uh-huh. you know. I think it's just in your DNA, man. I, I think yeah. there's certain people that they're just born to be soldiers. Yeah. And and I thought I was. Now I believe that that you know <laughs> the Lord has got a a, a path for you. Yeah. And, and sometimes he'll you know if you get off that path he'll knock you yeah. right back on he'll it. He'll get you back on it. Yeah. Um. And and it's it's interesting for me. I you know. What I what I envisioned for myself at five and ten and fifteen, eh, not really quite where I'm at at forty four. But uh-huh. but you just have to navigate the obstacles in front of you, you know. Um, right. But I'll tell you how we how we approached the raising of our our child. It was that poor kid. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Three years of uh, dual practices every other day in Taekwondo, dual practices of Judo, uh, you know, alternating wrestling practice with strength training with foot. I mean, the kid basically lived, lived and breathed training from the time he was six until he was a senior in high school. Wow. Wow. And that's that's well, you told him if he committed and he followed the path that you you, you had the blueprint, you you yeah. made it to. West Point. To and, and you brew, told brother. him. 
and you and you told him you said hey it, just like your coach told you yeah if you commit fully i will get you where you want to go yeah i got the blueprint if you follow it the way it's it's meant to be followed yeah you're guaranteed a seat there so with that being said, growing up, what was one of the things that you went through that you think helped make you the success that you were, are today, uh, a successful well, entre I, entrepreneur today? I, I think um, I think a lot of it was that dichotomy of my parents, right? So, so my mom, she she's just a good Midwestern loving woman. She loved her babies, you know. She'd do anything. She'd do anything to, to help any, you know, the three of us. Yeah. But given the situation she was in her marital life, she wasn't really in a financial situation. I mean, she, she obviously she wasn't, but did that, do you think you being the oldest boy out of three boys? Yeah. And, and what happened with, with your dad, just for whatever reason, leaving. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that really played a part to where you really stepped your game up and you really, you, 100%. Where, where, you, where you had to, you, did you feel that obligation of, I have to, I have to take care of mom. I have to be Absolutely. here for my mom. You, you've got to, you know, Hey, uh, somebody's going to, uh, neglect their responsibilities. Somebody's got to step up. Might as well be me. Um, and, and, in that, remember I told you that, and, and it's funny, Mike, this is a, uh, uh, a, a long meandering, but remember we're talking about football. Okay. Right. And remember we're talking about midget football. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, okay. So taking the point of not understanding how a man would neglect his responsibilities, right? Yes. Find myself stationed at Fort Irwin. Okay. One of the infantry guys say, Hey, come on, Lieutenant, we're going to TJ. I'm like, like, go ahead. Uh, you're, I'm not going. Two days later, I'm like, come on, I'll drive. Let's go. <laughs> so, because uh, whatever. So, yeah. we, I end up meeting literally the girl of my dreams in Tijuana, right? Because of that trip, because and, of, because of you finally gave in and went right. And and the 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 easy rules that I had growing up in small town Wisconsin, uh -huh. no girls from a club, no kids, easy, right? <laughs> You know, I meet her in Las Pulgas, and those locals here, that's a, a wonderful <laughs> discotheca, right? And, and, you know, probably not being the smoothest young man in the world, but you meet this girl, and you're like, wow, she's beautiful. Hey, tienes un niño? I asked her straight there, day one, do you have a kid? And she's like, no. I'm like, done. I'm I sold, baby. You, you went straight through the checklist. You're like, okay, well, we are in a club, and I, so I got to kind of... But yeah, yeah. let me let me see if I can right. get at least fifty. And, you know, <laughs> and as the story goes, all right. Three weeks later, I'm making macaroni and cheese for for my we call them troops in the army, but the, basically my company Christmas party. Okay, right. And uh, talking her on on you know the big fat portable cordless <laughs> phone, you know, and and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm gonna go to or whatever. And she's like, I got to tell you something. Oh no, what? And she says. Well, I got a couple of girls and a couple of boys. And all she hears is dunk, 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 me dropping the, the phone into the mac and cheese, <laughs> you, you, you know? And, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She's like 5'2", 105. There's no way. Oh, well, yeah. yeah well. <clears throat> she did. Oh. And I just, 
It's been 20, 21 years now, man, and I just dig this little lady. I, I, I can't explain it. It's like catnip for Jesse. But yeah. um, so all of a sudden, I, within those six months, I'm being relieved of, of uh, it's not command, but relieved of my position as a platoon leader, uh-huh. transitioning out medically. Yeah. And now I'm picking up a four-man fire team. Yeah. Y- y- yeah. Y- you know? And um, that was cool. And then all of a sudden, a couple years later, we had Dave. And he's like the the God super glue with me and my wife. You know? I mean, yeah. that boom. That's how we... But so all of a sudden, I go from being single, you know, driving a Mustang uh, yeah. to, to boom, four kids, five kids driving a minivan. That really happened. Did it? <laughs> And, you know, and, and then you fast forward 10 years, I've immigrated my wife, you know, whatever, whatever. And um, now the youngest stepkids in seventh grade, my little one's now in fifth grade. Uh-huh. And they're like, come on, daddy, you know, let us play football. And I'm like, in, in Wisconsin, we, we did flag football until uh-huh. eighth grade and then tackle in high school. And, and yeah. so I'm like, ah, I don't know, you know, playing tackle football young. I don't know if that's a good idea. Come on, daddy. Come on, daddy. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's do it. It'll be yeah. fun. I had the best time ever. <laughs> like it was awesome when, when they were, when they were in, 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 you know, fifth and seventh grade. And so at the end of it, there, there's a, there's a professional football player named Jared Allen. Okay. He okay. was a great defensive end. I think it was the Vikings for, for most of his time. Well, his daddy, um, uh, goodness his, his first name ron allen Ron here in san diego uh-huh. was uh, a football coach and he he had a, a sports training program wow. right and so his son colton and my boy david they were they were on the same team and and at the party this ron said come on you know let's get your kid training with my boy and it'll make him stronger oh did it ever and oh. so so now <laughs> they're they're doing judo three nights a week. They're doing Ron Ron Allen's strength training two or three days a week, right? <laughs> and and now it's August, and and so sixth grade and eighth grade football's up, and and day one of practice, they said, okay, hey, all the all the junior midgets and midgets, come on in. We got a quick announcement. Uh, the eighth grade coach um, can't get off of work for the next two weeks. Uh oh, like. That's not good. You mean you're not making time to 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 do two days with your team? Oh. And I remember hitting Dave in the ribs. I'm like, hey, son, that's bad for Oscar, man. Yeah. Wow. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from the wife. Says, Jesse, they don't have a coach. What do you mean they don't have a coach? It's football season. USA football blessed off on new head coach, Jesse Lipscomb, <laughs> right? And, and, like, I played football in high school, but – I, I never I, I never even considered coaching football. That was like so far off my radar, right? That's, but but hey, you obviously had it in you and and, and, and it meant enough to you and, and especially with your kids being yeah. a part of the team. So they I think they kind of knew. They're like, yeah, we, we might be able to get Jesse. Do, do you know the uh, <laughs> You know the difference be between between uh, my eighth grade football team and the eighth grade football team that I coached. What was the difference? Uh, an undefeated record uh-huh. versus no wins. 
your, your first we, year, you, you guys got got like, clobbered. We got destroyed. <laughs> we got it was we were the bad news bears on every level, man. We we had twenty three kids at the beginning of the season. By the uh-huh. time I took over, we had twelve. Okay, <laughs> and they were playing both sides of the ball. <laughs> They're like, it, it, hey. and you need eighteen to roster. Yeah. <laughs> so I swear to God, th- this is like like an East County legend. I I literally I'd go to Target and Walmart and Albertsons, and I'd have my son with me, but we'd You're like. We're like, hey, you look like you're 12 years old. You want to play football? You know, yeah, it, it, you're it, recruiting like I did, like mad. I went to, I went to the, um, <laughs> God, what is it called? I, I, I went to to foster care. Uh-huh. Like I, 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 whatever it took, wherever we roster wherever you okay? could find kids. It, God, just, we got destroyed every game. Oh my God! I, and, and to the point, I, so I, I actually finally get an assistant coach. Uh-huh. Thank God, I needed one, right? This guy, okay, look, it's great to be passionate. Uh-huh. It's great, right? You got to have passion, you know, it, it, because if you channel your passions, your energy, uh, great oh, things no. will happen. I, I'm, I'm seeing where this kind of going. Yeah. yeah. But you got to understand, I, I'm a Midwestern kid that I don't talk smack. I don't, I don't do that. I, I like, like, it's not, you know, oh, I'm going to beat you. You beat somebody and then you shake at their hand. That's it. Yeah. There's that's, no, that's, that's the rules. That's, that's right? how, and I, that's not just a mid, a Midwestern thing. I think out here and our, I think in generation X, we were still a part of that. Like good sportsmanship was mandatory. Yeah. It was, I mean, I remember growing up in LA and my mom, like my mom was from the South. She was from Mississippi, <laughs> Lexington, Mississippi. And she had these values of if you go as a group to the store to get candy or whatever, you better come back as a group. They're not, you better not have any, they're all of you better be in that group coming back. Yeah. If not, all of you are about to get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and so that, that's just one of those things. I think, uh, we, we kind of learned early. Yeah, we kind of learned early is is that teamwork, that bond, that getting that together and, and stick, sticking together, which obviously helps you also in the army. Absolutely, and, and you know when, when it comes down to so so I got an assistant coach that that's just berating the refs from the <laughs> sideline, and I'm like, dude, we're getting beat fifty to zero. Yeah, like, like, why are you why are you hounding on the refs? We're right. We're, we're getting our asses kicked anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and and. The, the head ref comes up to me and he's like, he, I don't even think he said anything. He just gave you that look. He's like, I'm like, like okay. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, come on, come on, coach, cut it out. He yeah. wouldn't cut it out. I'm like, you got last go. warning, brother. Yeah. No. All right. You got to go. You're fired. You go. You're out. You're no longer a coach here. It, to, to literally relieve an assistant coach of the bad news bears. <laughs> okay. You got to be. Dude, right, you got to be on a whole nother level of oh nonsense. No, just ridiculous, <laughs> right? You got to be so. A- <laughs> and I hate every bit of this, except what happened next. Okay. Very next play. Touchdown, Cougars! Right, right, the, right oh, after you fired this guy. The only touchdown <laughs> of the entire season. Okay, I mean, and it was a pass too. So, do you remember the old Green Bay Packers where where they'd throw it to like the, you know, for wherever it is to the fifty, and then right, you can't uh-huh. do that anymore. Two forward passes. Uh-huh. But we what you can do is you can uh, do a screen to a bomb. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, you could throw it out as long as it's not past, they're not past you. Right. It's like a lateral and then. Pretty much. And, yeah. and, that, and that's what we did. We, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. They, they, you know, they don't respect our line of scrimmage, uh-huh. which was an uh-huh. understatement. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to, all right, Jimmy, you know, go long. Yeah. Bill hit him. And it, and it worked <laughs> now to say that there wasn't any potential clipping or holding on that play. Oh yeah, there probably was, but, but, but hey, you got to look at it. You guys were down how much <laughs> well, at that point it was 50 to seven, <laughs> right. Or 50 to six. Cause I don't think we made the extra point. Um, but I will tell you this, the, as the ref was running down the sideline, he kind of uh, winked at me yeah. saying, all right, you're cool because they're the, to, to, to bring that back, yeah, that would have been horrible. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and you should have seen from the cheerleaders to the stands, you would have thought we just won the Super Bowl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, it's just crazy. We still got beat. Hey, but, but at least, but at least they had that moment. They had something yeah. go right out, out of a crappy season. And, and you know what's really interesting about this? That season was... So, I mean, you can tell by the, the way I'm talking, the, the, the most important thing that I've ever done in my life is, is raise my son to be a you know, productive, successful young man, right? That, that's, yeah. that, that's the best, I, I think that's the best thing any guy can do, right? Yeah. But having said that, that eighth grade season of my stepson was pivotal to the development of my son, actually, hmm. because immediately after that season, was wrestling season, uh-huh. right? And I was already the head coach of the football team. All of a sudden, hey. I'm the head coach of the wrestling team. What the heck? <laughs> and, and, and a lot of the kids <laughs> came over because there it's it's a proven fact that um, wrestlers make good football players, right? And 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 as a football player, if you wrestle, you'll be a better football player. It's just yeah. it's just the bottom line. It, it, and, and we had a lot of that. We had a lot of that growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, it's for sure. Most of most of most of my friends, there were a lot of my friends that were wrestlers and also yeah. played football with us. And, and so what I ended up doing between that, the break of the seasons is sitting down and, and drafting something called the winner's creed. Okay. Uh-huh. Everything that I believed, everything that, that like, if you think of a, of, of raising a kid as pouring water in a glass or like all the good ingredients that I'd been putting in his brain since birth, basically uh-huh. I, I, I wrote down and things like, you know, we overcome adversity. You can count on me. You, you know, w- winners do what other people can't, won't, and don't do. It, it's like, yeah. you know, we're committed, right? And, and I'd make the kids say that at the beginning of every practice, right? And, and I would teach them uh, through, actually through wrestling, the fundamentals of success about mm-hmm. effort and commitment, right? And tenacity, right? Nice. And, and all of a sudden, these kids who had really had a rough go in football season started having success on the mat. Nice. And, and, and it, it's, it transferred right over, directly over, directly, directly over. over. And nice. you know, I, I'm I'm proud to say, and, and and this is not of my doing, but I like to feel like I had a little part of it. You know, some of the kids that were on that bad news bear team, uh-huh. right, and and subsequently who over the next couple of years that I was able to coach, right. Also, I, I probably wasn't a very good football coach because we really didn't win very many games, but. A lot of those kids became state champions in 2017. 
in wrestling in, and in, in, in football. In football, in football too. Like, you yeah. know, in, in my in my journeys, I've I've met a lot of uh individual champions, whether it's you know, uh wrestling or track or whatever, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if I know that many people that have actually been able to say they won state in football. Well, that's think about it. That's true. That's true. You know, you, you really can't. You really don't find very many. It, so and and to to I mean, I've watched that highlight video of of the boys winning state so many times. <laughs> and, and to know, like like my boy Davey, he was the the KUSI Player of the Week for what he did in that game. Oh yeah, got the T-shirt and everything, right? <laughs> and and it's just I'm so proud of these boys for their accomplishments, and and you know, proud that I just had a little bit, just a little bit of uh, a help helping them get there. Yeah, you, you know, like, and, a little uh, something that something resonated with them. Whatever you said, yeah. some of the things, how you carried yourself, some of the things that you just you being you. Jesse, you have to look at that because that really does make a difference when it comes to things like that in life. So I, I believe as, as men, as we, as business owners, whether it's mentoring our children or building our team, I, I think our job as leaders is, is to cast the vision, right? Yeah. And, and to train people. Right to, yes. to like give them the tools to be successful, but but the one thing I, I learned uh, very very much in sports and the army is you can't you just can't train tenacity. That's true. You know what I mean. That is that is true because that 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 you have to have that that has to come from inside. That yeah. really does. Yeah. That really does. And, and I, I I always God when I was a soldier I'd say hey, if you give me somebody with a, you know that with desire and work ethic. I can train them to accomplish the task. Yep. What what frustrates me beyond belief in, in life and sports, whatever, is if you have somebody with wonderful talent and no desire. Exactly. Oh, that's just such a waste. I, I remember when I was over in Rota, Spain, um, I was we were stationed there, and my daughter, she was about four at the time. Yeah. And they didn't have a soccer coach. So I it was ha <laughs> ha. I mean, it's not, and I never played soccer in my life. Never. We sucked. We we lost. Well, I won't say we lost every game. We had one kid. And what reminded me of that was where you said you have talent. Yeah. And, and you just are kind of like, oh, okay. So they're little kids. You know, they're running around. This one kid that we had, this kid, he was naturally gifted at soccer. Yeah. When I said, like, this kid could run circles around pretty much everybody out there. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was, just a, he was just a kid having fun. And I, I told his mom, I was like, because he scored every, all of our points. <laughs> nice. he, would, he would score points. He would make kids look bad. I mean, like, he was really good. And, and, I mean, at four or five years old, this kid, he would score and then he would come back down and play with the flowers and, and, oh, yeah. and sit down. And, and I'm like, I pulled his mom's aside. I'm like, you got to keep him in, 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 in this. the zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in, in this sport, like he has a real natural talent. And, and if you can get him to really love it, and I think he kind of does. But if you could really get him to, yeah. to really love it he's going to like yeah. be the next Pele. Yeah, right. If, if you keep this kid in, in the sport. So, yeah, it, it was. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you it's know, interesting. W when you when you look back at your life, you know, 
squirt. <laughs> Prime of life, baby. Oh, yeah. 40 to 50. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, desire, tenacity, right? Work ethic. Yeah. And being somebody people can count on, right? That reliability. T- taking care of people. Yes. Right? That, that's, we, America's in a, just a crazy time right now where we have uh, confused empathy and enabling and oh, entitlement. Yes. Those three oh, yeah. E's, we're just, we're, Oh, J- Jesse, we, we'd have to, we're going to have to have a, a round two of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that, that could be its own podcast just by itself. For just real. us talking about that and all the enabling and all the, I mean, the coddling and different things like that to where it, it's, yeah, it, we could we could go down a whole not, rabbit right. hole. It's on not that. where we. You it's know, not where we need to be. No, and it's as leaders we we want to remove road ba- roadblocks for our people to be successful. Like like yeah. this morning actually, um, I, I asked one of my employees the process for you know whatever pulling a transcript with the IRS, uh-huh. and what she was doing was it was okay. It was working. But it wasn't duplicatable, and it wasn't like, like there there were a lot of inefficiencies in it. So okay. I, I literally I walked her through. Okay, this is this is a better way to do it. And by the way, we typed out basically an SOP. Yes, of of how to do it. Yep. And, and so that way she doesn't have to. You know, that's the worst thing. You show somebody how to do it, and they go right, 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 right. And then, and then they go do it their way or, or, uh, they or completely an, an efficient or yeah. yeah, or an efficient way. So you, 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 you're trying to build templates. You're trying yeah. to make it, uh, duplicatable. Yes. Right? Yeah. You got to have that. That's the only way you're going to have a system right. that's going to work so that you don't have to keep explaining it. That's the only way. I mean, just like yeah. with this, people could come back and listen to this anytime they want after we record this. You know what I mean? Yeah, We're not having yeah. to tell the same thing over and over and over again. Although so, if you call me and you ask me about yeah. Dave, I'll tell you the same story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a hey, speaking of taxes in the tax yeah. business, uh, after everything with West point, you, you stayed here in San Diego. Um, and kind of, kind of take us from, kind all of right. A- so you got out of, you got out of the army. Kind of an interesting story there. Yeah. I, I remember my last, I don't know, I, I don't want to call it a mission, but the last time we went out training as Op 4, uh-huh. uh, I'm sitting in the back of the, the deuce and a half with my with my platoon, and it's like, hey, Lieutenant, what are you going to do when you get out? Now, you got to understand, yeah. <laughs> 23-year-old Jesse was the first time in my life that if you asked me, what are you going to do, I didn't know the answer. And like, you were just kind of like, uh, uh you know, uh, it, I'm like, you know, honestly, fellas, I really don't know. I, yeah. Well, I, and, and, but you were honest. And because I was honest, uh-huh. he said, well, hey, LT, why don't you go sell cars? And I remember looking at him like, dude, I graduated from West Point. I'm not selling cars. Yeah. I went to the new car dealer uh-huh. sales training academy, Dave <laughs> Gonzalez, two weeks later. And you're, you're selling, selling cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> guess you're who, like, guess who wasn't a good car salesman? <laughs> okay. Um, but, but you know what, <laughs> Jesse, no, no, no. Uh, you're like, man, I went to West Point. I'm not selling cars. <laughs> next, next couple of weeks. You're like, Hey, uh, you like this Ford Mustang? <laughs> that, was it. that was the first car I sold. The guy's last name was Robinson. I couldn't drive a stick. 
I had he had to get it out. I'm like, oh my god, what do you think? You know? And you're like, you're grinding gears. You're like, uh, you, you know how to drive a stick, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm proud to say I wasn't a very good car salesman. Okay, and, and I'm also proud to say that and by the way the stigma of car salesman uh-huh. completely different R- real life i mean yeah there's knuckleheads yeah but it's just like selling anything it, building rapport building value yeah you know delivery sales is sales man right bottom line so okay but, so you you got you got out <laughs> you started selling cars yep how long did that last within 18 months uh-huh you were like the heck with this no 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 or, this is this is going back to fundamental jesse uh-huh. okay it, it's Hard work, tenacity. Okay, mm-hmm. I wasn't the best car salesman, but I outworked ninety percent of the guys there. And to reward me for said efforts, they they made me a finance manager, which okay. tripled my income month one. Wow! February of two thousand and two, three grand a month to nine grand a month. Never looked back. It, okay. It, it, in in finance, when you go buy a car, the finance managers. I mean, they, they know your income, they know your credit, they, they know your spending habits. They know everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. And after a couple of years of doing that, I feel like I had an understanding of personal finances. Uh-huh. I mean, better than somebody doing financial planning for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked to thousands of people and at that point, the vampire hours of the car business was starting to, to weigh in my relationship with my wife. There, there is a lot of long hours. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that when they get into that. It's just like with real estate. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of hours. I mean, sometimes you're going to have a client that works, yeah. you know, they work late hours or they work, you know, yeah. daytime hours. And the only time they're free is six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night or whatever. It's so crazy. it's, yeah. It, Trust me, I know I know a lot about that. But, My shifts were like eight to midnight, and then uh-huh. I was on the flip side of a drunk, so yeah. I worked his shifts too. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. And and finally, you know, my, my wife pretty much said, "No, do something different, this right? Is something different." Yeah. And and so, uh, what what do you call the first time at bat doing financial planning? Uh-huh. Eh, made some mistakes. So, it's one thing not to not to know, uh, like in your industry to be the top of your game. Right. But mo- yeah. most people getting licensed will at least know 80%. Okay. okay? I mean, it's the, the difference between 80% and hundred percent is a lot, Yeah. but the 80% of, of financial planning, uh, you should be okay, but you know, what's not okay. It's huge. And anybody, if you're self-employed, you understand what I'm about to tell you is when you go from being a W2 employee, to being uh, self-employed. To 1099. Right. Is a- Not only do you have to understand how to sell and what you're selling, but now you have to learn how to market oh, and yeah. prospect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and partner. And, and you, you, you got to pay your own taxes now. Oh you got to do your own stuff. So it's a lot of planning. So Jesse, yeah. I want to I want to keep us on there. I know I know we got a little bit more time here. I wanted to dive into, okay, so yeah. you, you, you sold cars. Finance um, management car did business. That, you did finance management and car business. And how did it come about where you started doing taxes? Let's, so, let's dive into that. Re, the, the easy bridge was after a couple of years of learning how to uh, do financial, how to run a financial planning operation. Uh-huh. Uh, in 2010, I got on the radio. Uh-huh. Uh, while I was on the radio, I, I learned two things. Number one, you need to have a niche, right? Because if you're, if, if you're casting a net to people, you know, 
homeless people and millionaires and everybody in between, you're not going to be able to, to have a, a system that you can implement of strategies. Exactly. Right? And the second thing is, I, and, and by the way, at this point in my life, I'm licensed as an investment advisor and an insurance agent. That's it. Okay. Yeah. While we're in the radio, we, we'd get a lot of phone calls on taxes. You're really not supposed to answer those questions if, if you don't have a tax license. Yes. So I, 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 I learned about myself that I'm better at tax planning than just pure financial planning. And the difference is about 1%. But that okay. 1% has made my business. But was that something that... I know there, there's a, a point to where we come and we kind of know mm-hmm. how the outcome is going to go. Yeah. So... When did that hit you about the taxes where, where you were doing financial advising and you said to yourself, crap, Jesse, you, you should be doing, it, it, it was somewhere it was on the radio. It was you, somewhere in 2010 right, and, when and, you were doing your radio yeah. show. And, and by, by 2012, uh, I, in California that to legally do taxes, you have to become, um, CTEC, California tax education council. It's a pretty, like supposedly it's 50 or 60 hours of pre-licensing, uh-huh. right? But you can self-pace, you can self-pace, take the test and, and pass it. If I mean, at that point, I already had 10 years of finance experience, right? So, it wasn't like I was going into it cold. I'd done my own taxes. Like I understood the- You understood the right? basics of it. So it, it wasn't really it, a tough transition. Yeah, and, and then from there, I become an enrolled agent of the IRS a few years later, which is- yeah. Honestly, if you're going to do taxes, you, you got to do that. It's awesome. It, yeah. It's the, I mean, CPAs will argue with me. I don't care if they can, everybody's got an opinion, but yeah. I'd, I'd rather be an EA than a CPA. Yeah. It, it, my, my license is directly from the IRS. Their license is through their state board of accountant. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, um, don't hire me to do your bookkeeping. <laughs> I, I've got people on my yeah. staff to do your books. No yeah. problem. But that's not my skill set. My skill set yeah. is in planning. In planning and, 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 and the, the, you're you're more strategic with it. You're you're looking when you help a client. It, Michael, are you looking down the road five, ten, fifteen, twenty how, years? How about this year? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't meet with your tax guy in April about last year's taxes. Yeah. Meet with them in May or June about this year's taxes. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's Be, true. Because That's when true. you when you forward think. It's great to think 10, 15 years down the road, but how about right now? What can you do right now to, to better your situation? And it's like our, our niche is, is tax plan for real estate agents and yeah. uh, capital, capital gains deferral strategies for uh, real estate investors. And I, I know that yeah. sounds really long. That's why Which, I, I just say tax plan for realtors. Um, so do you guys deal with 10... Um, the 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges, excuse me. Yeah. 1031 exchanges. If you own real estate, the the three sections that you absolutely should be aware of, 1031 exchanges. That's that's plain monopoly, right? You buy a house, you get another house, you get a hotel, right? You're exchanging for more. That's trade up. Right? And then it's the section 121. That's for your, your primary residence. That's uh, two of five years. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but like during COVID, you may have lost your job. If you're unemployed and you've been in your house for under two years, you can sell your house right now and still get a percentage of that $250,000 per person. Uh, easy, easy example. Wow. You buy your house 12, you know, 12 months ago, you lose your job. 
you got to sell your house because you don't have any income coming in. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I know you get unemployment. I, I'm just saying, get, follow the, follow the example yeah. here, folks, but you're in the house 12 months. You've got a hundred thousand dollars of appreciation, right? Yeah. But you've only been in there 12 months. You haven't been there in 24 months, two years. And I have seen that last right? year. I saw so, that happen. So here's what year. you do. The IRS has the unforeseen events or unforeseeable events clause that if, if you have twins, you get divorced or you're, you're on, um, uh, unemployment, you can sell and still get a percentage of, so it's just time, time versus the standard. If you're in there 12 wow. months out of 24, it's 50%, 50% of 250 is a buck and a quarter. That's more than a hundred. You yeah. sell no taxes. Wow. Right. A lot of folks are moving to Texas. God bless Texas. Um, <laughs> right. You, you, you got all that cold. They got going. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they got a they got a uh, 50 mile or more move. Well, I, I'm pretty sure California, Texas, more than 50 miles. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden you got to sell because you're moving. No problem. Um, so that those are two 1031 and, and um, section 121. Right. Yeah. And then the one that nobody remembers, but it's just as powerful. If you are a real estate investor and everybody gets there, every small time investor anyway, if you've got one, two, three properties, you're going to get to a spot in your life where you are tired of toilets, tenants, and trash, <laughs> the, right? The, the three T's. You're, you're done, man. You want to get out. The section 453 is your get out of jail free card. Okay. And what that is, all it yep. is, people used to remember this. They, they've forgotten about it. 453 is seller financing oh right? yeah where you oh, carry yeah. a note yep. and oh i'd never do that well just listen first okay the never. the good and the bad never What's say the, never on that one just saying that well, it's huge okay pay more tax not my fault but 1031 exchange if you have a three hundred thousand dollar gain and you take it all up front you're gonna pay 100 grand in taxes about a third yep if you take thirty thousand dollars a year of gain for 10 years and your total income married is under 104, you know what your tax rate is? Zero. Like that. The 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 tax bracket for long-term capital gains uh -huh. is 0% up to $80,000 for a married couple. Now, I just said 104. Why did I say that? Because the standard deduction is 24 grand. It's actually 25 yeah. grand now. So you can make $105,000 total, including your gain, and pay 0% tax on the gain. So... That's huge. What are the negatives? That's huge. The negatives are prepayment, right? Yeah. So the guy, so nobody thinks about it. But if you're if you're deferring your taxes for ten years and they prepay you, well, you, that strategy fails. Or yeah. if they don't pay you, then you got foreclose, and that's horrible, right? So the good and the bad there, Mike, is I'm part of a team nationally called the estate planning team that's uh, trademarked a strategy called the Deferred Sales Trust, and all it is, it's a business trust is created. You engage an installment sale with the trust that doesn't happen until the trust sells the house for cash to an outside buyer. All of a sudden you got cash in the trust to fund the note. God bless America. You do that on 12 years. Uh, generally speaking, a fully amortized 12 year note, you're going to get about 3,200 bucks a month of income on a $400,000 sale. And a lot of times that'll be taxed at zero percent interest, or you know, zero percent tax. Nice. It's pretty nice. awesome. That is that is wow, wow. 
right? Wow. It's just what you don't know. That's mind-blowing right there because a lot of people, I I mean, nobody really thinks of this Take that and apply it to Prop 19. And and Prop 19, I'm glad you went there because that was one of my next questions was, you know, I wanted to discuss, you know, Prop 19 because a lot of my listeners will have some young um, active duty personnel listening to this, veterans, everywhere in between. Yeah. Uh, people that know me that know you, uh, what is prop 19 and what does that really take care of? If you can give us kind of a, just a a nuts and bolts, super easy nuts and bolts. If you're 55 years or older, Uh or let's go back to prop 13. What does prop 13 do? You buy your house and that's what you pay property taxes on the the purchase price of your house plus 2%. Okay. So you could buy, you could buy a house in 1970 for $30,000. Okay. Now you're paying property taxes on like 70 grand. It's very low. It, it keeps it very low over time. Yeah. Even if that house is really worth a million dollars right now. Okay. So to, how do you, how does that apply? Let's say you bought 2008, you bought a $400,000 home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're now paying five, you're paying taxes based on assessed value of 500,000, but you sell it for a million. Okay. When you sell the house, what are you going to do? You got to live somewhere, right? Yep. You pretty much only, you got two options. You're either going to stay at the same price level or go down or go up. And that, that, that's your A or B. That's your A or B. Prop 19 is pretty easy if you're going down. If you're going a million to a million, done deal. You're going to buy, buy that new million dollar property, but only pay taxes on the old assessed value of 500000 Which is Tracking? awesome. It's awesome. And, that, and, that's, and that's, the reason why I bring that up is because as we are in, in the market right now, you yeah. know how the market is right now Crazy. as we're, as we're talking, uh, the market is very tight. There yeah. is not a lot of people listing their homes right now. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, this is their get out of jail free card because there was a lot of people that didn't want to sell mm-hmm. once they were 55 or older and downsize because in their minds, they were thinking that they're going to have to pay a whole bunch more in taxes. Well, and, and that's the second part of the 55 clause. So, it, so a lot of times what, what you do is you sell the house, you're downsizing square footage, but you're going up in price. Yes. Right. Under the, and old- that's, and that's, and, that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. A, a lot of my, it's, I got clients that were like, yep. oh, well, we don't want to do that, Mike. Yep. And then I had to kind of explain this. The, the, the old prop 60 wouldn't let you go up. No, prop, it wouldn't. Prop 19 does with a caveat. Yeah. So same example, uh, 400,000 purchase, 500 assessed value. That's with the county. Yeah. Million dollar sales price. Let's go up to a $1.5 million property. It, so as of April 1st right? of 2021, yep. anything after that, what is going to be able, what, what's so, the... So what will end up happening, instead of paying property taxes based on $1.5 million, they're going to do a quick calculation. They're going to say, okay, purchase price versus sales price. How much is it? Half a million dollars, right? What are you currently paying taxes on? Half a million dollars. Add them together, and now you're paying property taxes based on a million dollars as opposed to 1.5. You know, well, that's not, no, that's huge. That's huge because, you know, one and a quarter percent, on five hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, y'all at home can do the math, but it's a lot of money, yeah. right? It's a lot of money um, forever. Like 
for the entire yeah. time you have you the home. That home. As so, long as you own that home. So th- that you're looking at over five thousand dollars extra a year. Yeah. In in, in less in, in less taxes. In, le- less in taxes. Yes. Right. That that's your saving is what I was going to get at. You're looking at yeah. at least every year you're saving yourself over five grand. It's it's with that one and a half. You know that one. It was a what one point. It was it was like. Let's just say one percent for easy math here. Yeah. So yeah. with with that five hundred that extra five hundred thousand, yep, you you save five grand a year. That's exactly for, right for the whole time of that that you own that home. That's actually something you bring. So California, the state, yes, property tax is one percent. Yes, it's the local bond issues exactly that, that push it to about one and a quarter. Because so, if you go to like Otay Ranch, places like that, all the new builds, oh yeah, all the developers pass those taxes on to the buyers. Yeah. So that's where people yep. say, well, no, it's supposed to be 1%. It's one. Yeah, that's, you know, statewide. Yeah. But when you get to certain counties like San Diego and in certain cities yeah. and in and, and areas mm-hmm. and local taxes, that was passed on as a bond. And, and that's that's what it is. Absolutely. You got to pay it. And so, and so well, Prop 19 and Section 121 uh-huh. kind of work. Hand, hand in hand, hand, right? Because w- one strategy I've seen people do, actually, I had I a client up in Orange County that did this so remarkably well. It's too bad that he didn't have Prop 19 back when he did it. Uh-huh. But he kept every every two years, you can sell a property and lock in up to $500,000 if you're married. Yeah. Tax-free. And that's exactly what he did. He started with a half a million dollar house. When it hit a million, he sold it. Then his next house... When it hit, I think about it, one five. When it hit two, he sold it. Now, you know, so there's a million dollars of completely tax-free money that he made. Wow. Right? And now he's wow. in a $3 million home. <laughs> and, and he's like, okay, I think I'm good. I, I don't think I'm going anywhere. But, yeah. and that's kind of an extreme example. But the idea is, you know, it's not like, it's not like the baby boomer generation where, where you grow up in a small town, you never leave, and all your your family's there. I you mean, don't have that anymore. Dude, I'm from Wisconsin. I yeah, mean, you know, it, it's. I'm I'm from L.A. I still have family in L.A. My dad yeah. and a lot of a lot of my family is still up in L.A. And so, so especially with COVID, yeah. you know, we're we're geographically very flexible. Oh yeah, right. And and so, uh, why? Who cares if you can lock in half a million dollars? Why wouldn't you sell? Oh, and by the way, this is where Prop 19 is probably the the best part of Prop 19 that people don't like know about. You can sell right now, sell right, and, and let's let me tap dance after April 1st for yeah. sure. Okay, yeah. so it's April 1st. You sell. Um, you got two years to apply the Prop 19. So what am I talking about? Well, you, you lock in your half a million dollar gain, move in with your kids or rent or something for 12 months. And, and then go and buy another house. Yep. You could he, save that. You could save a, a, a boatload of money and then go apply it still yeah. within that 20, those go, 24 months. Go RV in a year. You know, yeah. You could go RV. Why don't not? Even, don't even tempt me, man. Why, 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 <laughs> why put all this stress on yourself, you know? Exactly. And, exactly. So, and, of course, you know, everybody's situation a little different. But, but, but having But you that literally could go do that. You, absolutely. You, you absolutely could do yeah. that as long as you lock in after that April 1st deadline. Sure. Yeah, you could do that. Well, and and so here going back to Prop 19 in yeah. sections 1031 and 453, it's pretty interesting. If you have an investment property right now, uh-huh. 
You don't have to wait until April 1st for this because the deadline for investment properties was actually February 15th. So it's yes. time's passed. That one's already passed. Right. So if you have an investment property, a lot of people hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on. They, they want to give it to their kids. Well, guess what? Now, when you inherit a property that's you- not your parents' primary residence, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's getting reassessed, man. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. Like oh, you, yeah. you get people that, that bought a house way back when for fifty or a hundred thousand dollars worth a million now. You go from paying no property taxes to oh my gosh. Now here's the deal. If you are going to inherit a property, you're gonna receive that property when your folks die at current market value, which means you could sell it immediately and pay no capital gains tax, even if it was a million dollar gain. Yeah. It's powerful. That's huge. Right? A lot of people are mad and frustrated. Well, well, yeah, but we're going to get reassessed. Listen, if if you inherit a property completely tax-free and the taxes, the property taxes go up on it, okay? And let me, let me if you inherit a property completely capital gains tax-free and the property taxes get reassessed, well, then you've got an easy decision. A, can I raise the rents? You know, they just raised my property taxes $12,000 a year. Can I raise my rents a thousand bucks a month? No, huh. looks like I'm selling it. And I'm going to take that million dollars tax yep. free and, and put it somewhere else. And I'm going to the hinterland, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to Arkansas or Texas or Oklahoma, yeah. wherever. And I'm going to pick up, five $200,000 homes yep. or, you know, one really big multi-unit. And what you're going to find that this is, we're kind of spoiled in California because we get this crazy appreciation. Oh yeah. Right. They're kind of spoiled in the Midwest because yeah, it doesn't really appreciate, but they get cash flow, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, you can if, cash flow if, all day long. Think about it. Out you, there. you get a hundred thousand dollar house that you can rent out for a thousand a month. Easily. Easily. You buy ten hundreds, you got ten thousand dollars a month coming in, as opposed to what here three thousand. And you're not even having to work for it. It's it's that that's that's the part about it. It's passive income. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so and, and so that's that's where if you are a real estate investor, and you know you're concerned about oh you know what's going to happen when I when I pass how, how am I going to uh, house prop nineteen going to impact my kids. I'd take yeah. the bull by the horns, man. I'd, I'd sell it now. 1031 exchange to the hinterland. Exactly. Triple your income. And then the, the nice thing about there is that the property tax rates aren't, aren't onerous, or yeah. at least they're consistent. Yeah. And let your kids inherit it then. But yeah. Give them a better property with higher cash flow and the decision, well, if, if they want to inherit it tax-free and sell it, cool. Or if they want to keep it going, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, I, I just, people, people kind of get frozen sometimes, right? They're like, yeah. oh, I had this property 50 years. Yeah, man, it's got 50 years of wear and tear on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you could make better use, because I mean, you know, like I know, money's just a resource. That's yeah. all, that's all dollars are. Dollars yeah. are resources. It's, it's the more you have, the more resources you have. Absolutely. That's, that's all it really is. It's money just, just gives you uh, options. It gives you more options. Yeah. So yeah. that that's where people get when they get so attached to a home. And I have to tell a lot of my clients that things like this too is, hey, you got to look outside of that. You got to be able to look at the bigger picture. You you got to get out of the forest. Yeah. Back up a little bit and see the whole forest. 
you got to see where where this is really going and how it can best serve you. Unless Billy or Mo Leering Curly are still <laughs> living at home, guess what? They're not. When you're, if your goal is to pass on wealth to your kids, that's wonderful. But but don't fall for the illusion that they're going to keep your stuff. Exactly. They're going to inherit it and they're going to sell it. And and they're going to do what they want to do with it. You have zero say on it then. You have zero say. I mean, so so th- that's where, you know, 1031 exchanging out of state or or saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm just tired of having this, this you know, arbitrage around my neck with, with, with all the, the, oh my God, there's a, a, a rent or eviction moratorium and yeah, I can't kick yeah. these tenants out. And, you know, you use the 453 through the deferred sales trust, you get 12 years potentially of completely tax-free income, or you, you just take interest-only payments on it, and then you give the kids the option of continuing the cash flow. I, I mean, you just... There's so many options. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's, that's a perfect spot where I, I, I think we're going to go ahead and get ready to close up on, yeah. on the show today because I, I definitely, I mean, there's a lot more detail in this and everyone's situation is different. Sure. We know that. Me and you, we know that very well. Every transaction, every person that you help, their situation is different. There's yeah. no two alike ever. There's always something, they may be similar, but they're never alike. There's never a trend. There's, there has not been two transactions in my eight years of doing real estate that have been exactly the same, not going to happen. So with that being said, um, Jesse, I want to thank you for coming out and, and talking with, with all our, our listeners and sharing your wisdom and, and just some of your some of your things that helped you be who you are. We really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. My pleasure, Mike. It's been a lot so, of fun. Yeah, and I, I mean, and you're and you're used to to radio setting and, and podcast setting. So I mean, you fit you fit right in right away. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that being said, Jesse, like I said, we really appreciate you taking the time, uh, especially with sharing your stories and, and some of your your trials and tribulations. That again, this this whole podcast came about to really kind of help people share some, some, we, I wanted to share some people's struggles mm-hmm. and, and how they overcame them to keep going and being successful at what they do. Yeah. You know, cause you know, like I know it really breaks my heart every time I hear about veterans or anyone committing suicide and just yeah. giving up on life. So that's not what we're about. We, we want to empower people. We want to give them courage to keep moving forward. Right. In life, no matter what your situation is. Right. Uh, like what you were talking about earlier with your dad just up and leaving. You know, that was a tough time in your life that, that you expressed. But what did you do with that? That that helped you grow. It helped yeah. you. You went through that pain of that. But you you use that pain in a positive way to move it's forward. Kind of like life. you got to get a step up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and whenever you go through adversity and in life. And I'll, I'll give you a closing yeah. story. Okay. That is crazy. All right. 2014. Yeah. I get a phone call. I'm at my office in Mission Valley. Ring, ring. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, hey, Jesse, your, your house is on fire. Uh, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm like, no, no, no. It made the news. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, by the way, if, if you Google <laughs> Hamul fire 2014, guess what? NBC seven San Diego shows my house on fire. Um, turns so out. Yeah, your so your house was literally on fire. Burns down to the ground. Holy crap! Oh my okay. gosh. 
<laughs> it takes me about 40 minutes to get home and I'm, I'm going through, all right, you know what priorities of effort here. What do I got to do? All right, I got to make sure wife's good. Kids good. we got to figure out lodging like that. By the way, that's how you handle stress. Yeah. You, you, you focus on how to overcome the situation. You don't allow it to overcome you. You yeah. know what I mean? So you're like, all right, next so you, so you're running, you'd run in the right? list of going through priorities. What do we got to do? So I get there and we've got, I'm proud to say we've got an eight acre ranch and the, the house is at the top of the hill. They wouldn't let us go up our driveway. All uh-huh. we could see literally like <laughs> if this, if, if this folders, my house, house, whatever, all we see is this like two foot black stripe. It's all we can wow. see. And we're like, huh, that's kind of weird. That's going to leave a mark. Now there's, <laughs> there's 14 fire trucks at our house too. So we're kind of like, wow, this is crazy. Right. So I'm, I'm down to the, the bottom of my property, talk to my wife and son, whatever. And, and then the arson guy comes up, uh-huh. officer, Sean, whatever yeah. his last name was. And he's like, Hey, I noticed that, uh, you're not distraught right now. I'm like, well, you know, my house is on fire. <laughs> what do you want me? What do you want me to do? You know? Yeah. And, 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 and I looked at him, I said, listen, um, honestly, sincerely, uh, that lady down there and that boy right there, they're okay. I'm okay. Yeah. But we will recover. It's just stuff. Yeah. And he just didn't believe me. He like, he like, he was like, oh, suspect. <laughs> and, and, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because, listen, I, I, I'm a former Army officer. I get along great with law enforcement, military, fire. They're my people, man. Yeah. Like, right? It, 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 I love these people. But I, I just, pers- I'm like, come on, dude, really? I, I, I guarantee you this. I didn't burn down my own house. Are you crazy? Yeah. Do you know what a hassle that is? What a disturbance yeah. in your life. That it's it's ridiculous. But in any case, he, he kind of just he rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And in our silence, because he wasn't really, he just shut up and I, you know, and and, and, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, listen, officer officer Sean. I I, I I'm a former army officer. I, I lead combat troops. I I don't freak out under stress. It's just yeah, not my DNA. We that was beaten out of us at the academy. Yeah, you just exactly. improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's life. And he didn't believe that either. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Officer Sean, you go home tonight and your house is burned down. What do you do? You go, oh crap. Well, I had 40 minutes to do that. Right? Yeah. Now I am home. And you just Charlie and Mike, brother, you just get on after it, yeah. you, you know, and that's all you can do because at the end of the day, your people are going to react to your reaction. Exactly. Right. If, if I was sitting there going, Oh my God, what am I going to do? My kid's still in therapy. Yep. You, you know what I mean? I, I, they, he, they, he's good. He's going to, eventually he's going to, when things happen in life, he's going to do the same thing. Right. But and we but, don't want that. But, but, <laughs> but when they're looking up to you and they're like, all right, you know what? We all know this is kind of stressful, but daddy's okay. We're going to yeah. be okay. It, it gives that sense right? of, okay, we're going to be okay. It's yeah, something we got to deal with. Exactly. And, and you know what? What is it? Five years, six years later, seven years later. Oh my God. It's been seven. Yeah. It's, it's going to be seven years in March. And I, 
kids doing good. Wife's doing good. Got a new house. Hey, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's, it, yeah. it, 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 the bottom line is life. I, I learned this long, long ago. Life is like 20% of what happens and 80% how do you react to it? Exactly. Right. And you can choose to, to either feel like a victim or take control of the situation. And I just don't, I, whatever happens, man, you, you, you got to step up. And, and I'm, I believe that all, all guys should be like that. All, I mean, all people should be that way. Exactly. And what else are you going to do? I mean, if it's out of your control, I, I learned long ago too, and you did too with this, was if, if it's out of your control, why sweat it? Why, why worry about it? It's out of your control, you know? I mean, so yeah, you only, you only can control what you can control, even even with relationships. You can only control you. You can't control you know, anyone else. If, if you got marriage trouble, be a better yeah. husband. There you go. You know, it, it's Control just, what you can control. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Jesse, where can my listeners connect with you on social media in the future here? Uh-huh. Can, can we just say online? All right. Online. R- roadmaptax.com. I, 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 full Roadmap. disclosure, I am not the best social media-er. Okay. Er, er. But, <laughs> but if, you, if you got questions or whatever, roadmaptax.com. We, we do have uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, which I don't use. But, uh, <laughs> but if you got tax questions, go to roadmaptax.com, roadmaptax.com, and just send me an email. And I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, all right. we'll be happy to help. All right. So... Like I said, there, there are a lot of people that are out there that are facing some of the same things that you've been through in life. And hopefully they hear this and they realize that bad times are always followed by good times, just like courage plus action equals success. This is Mike Drew for The Mike Drew Show. Until next time, remember, you got to have positive energy before you can have positive results.